This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 745 with Tamika McNair. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 745. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Tamika McNair is the author of Conquering Uncertainty, Don't Concede Too Soon, Your Victory Awaits You. She holds an undergraduate degree in industrial engineering with a focus on human factors and an MBA with a focus in leadership. Currently, she is a director at Microsoft, driving digital employee experience success. Her unique style, personality, and commitment to walking in her authentic truth have all played a major role in navigating her life and career. Inspired by her own journey from poverty to becoming a powerful thought leader, Tamika encourages others to pursue their dreams despite the various challenges they may face. Tamika is a longtime advocate of DEI work and has helped establish employee resource groups to push DEI initiatives. She is an active mentor to both adults and youth in underserved communities and passionate about encouraging youth and minorities to explore STEM careers. She is also the co-founder of the Women in Energy Conference, Always looking at what's ahead of her, Tamika also inspires to become the CEO of a Fortune 100 company. And I cannot wait to see that happen. Listen in to hear Tamika share her mission statement to empower everyone she encounters and help them discover their purpose. Her experience being an engineering student and a single mom to twin boys, one of whom had a stroke at six weeks old. 
how she went from being a little girl in poverty to a single mom in survival mode to a thought leader and mission-driven leader. The significance of owning your stories and writing them in a way that gives you power, even in moments where you feel powerless. How to use being underestimated as a form of fuel. Her goal to be at CEO of a Fortune 100 company in order to make space for others to dream. Her decision-making to conscientiously be the first generation of many things in her family in spite of judgment from others. And how your success might make other people uncomfortable and what to do about it. Oh my goodness, this conversation with Tamika was so fantastic. I love everything that she's doing. I love all the realms that she's working into, not just charge ahead in her own leadership, but also lift others as she climbs. She is a force and she's fun and smart as all get out. So you're in for a treat today. Please join me in welcoming Tamika McNair to the Shameless Mom Academy. Tamika, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Sarah. Um, this is truly an honor, right, to be here to talk with you. I love uh, the space that you're making for women to show up, mothers to show up and be unapologetic about who they are. So I am super excited about our conversation today. Same, same. And I have to tell people, I always have to tell like stories of my stalking. So I found you on LinkedIn <laughs> and right when I, after I found you, I might've even put it like right in the initial thread where I found you. I was like, oh my gosh, you have this book. That sounds amazing. I have a podcast. You want to talk? <laughs> and So I have to say, thank you for saying yes. I know like sometimes, you know, random reach outs on LinkedIn can are kind of weird, but you were, you were an immediate. Yes. So I'm very grateful. Thank you. So I want to dig in to the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and tell us a little bit about you, what's going on in your life and what you're most excited about right now. Yeah. Um, this is a great question, especially, you know, given that this is the beginning of a new year and I've had a chance to, uh, reevaluate and just reassess where I am and where I uh, desire to head. So beyond my resume and my LinkedIn profile and all of those things, <laughs> Very impressive, very impressive resume and LinkedIn profile, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I am many things. I am a mother, a single mother, might I add. Uh, I am a woman of faith. I am purpose-driven. My mission statement is actually my compass that I use. And so my mission statement is to empower everyone that I encounter to become the best versions of themselves and to discover purpose. And so I use that yeah. as my guiding post, even when I think about my personal and my career life. So where am I right now? I truly feel like that I have embarked on a Kairos moment. The moment where it's like the stars aligned for both my personal life and my professional life. And I'll dig deeper into both of those pieces. So we'll start with the professional life first. For the first time in my career, I feel like that I am doing work that is closely aligned to Tamika's mission and purpose mm -hmm. statement. Now, this is powerful because what I've learned is, is that when you lean in and connect into purpose, purpose has the ability to pull you forward. So I can mm -hmm. truly say that I wake up every day and the work that I am doing brings me energy. It inspires me, 
right? And it gives me a push to keep going in the direction of being a future CEO one day. So that's the professional side. Then let's unpack. I love, uh, I have to just like (laughs) pop in and say how much I love that you have a mission statement. And I love this idea of your purpose pulling you forward. I just, I think that's incredibly powerful and I will let you continue now. (laughs) (laughs) You are great. Don't mind uh, at all if you interrupt me, you know, especially (laughs) if I'm going down my path because I'm open to that. So from the personal side of the house, I feel like I have finally truly owned the things that are important to me. And let me tell you what I mean by that. So me navigating this journey as a single mother, which by the way, I had the twins in the middle of engineering school and was no small at all. Yes. And in addition to that, having a baby with health challenges, he had a massive stroke when he was six weeks old. And so that adds a whole nother dimension to my life. And I'm sure as we get more in this interview, we can unpack that yeah. interview a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so we definitely, yes, I'm making yeah. notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so during that time of me kind of pursuing my career and taking care of these babies, a lot of the personal things pertaining to my life, I actually end up sacrificing. Like, my time that, you know, I would socialize or the time that I spent, uh, you know, really focusing on me and self-care, quite frankly. Me not being discouraged about the desires that I had about my future. So I never thought, right, that my life would take me on the course of being a single mother and navigating. And I always had this desire of, okay, I see myself being married. I see myself, you know, having more children, right? And building a family together. And although for the last almost 17 years, my life didn't take the path that I thought it would, but I have owned the pieces that I can. So one of the things that I recently did right before um, I did my book launch on November 22nd of 2022, which is a significant day as that was my birthday as well. But my birthday is November 21st. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh, I knew this would be good. (laughs) That's why the synergy. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things that I did, Sarah, was I took the path of going through the egg preservation process. And the big reason why I did that was one, I didn't want to forfeit the dream that I had about still being able to build family and doing it with a partner. That was one thing. The second thing is I said, you know, I didn't want my desire for me to have more children and have that family to cloud my decision-making. And so this was really me owning a piece of my future pertaining to my personal life. And I have never done that, right? Even when I think about my journey of kind of dating and and those types of things, that was an area that I was willing to sacrifice in. So to go back, right? This being a Kairos moment, it's like, no, I'm owning both parts of my life right now. I'm owning the personal aspect and the things that I can control. And I'm also owning it from a career perspective. I love that. And 
it's when we were talking before we hit record and you were asking kind of if there was anything I really wanted to pull out of this interview, I think one of the things that really struck me as I connected with you on LinkedIn and then read through your bio and looked at things on your website was how much your work and your mission is part of your identity. And I think that sometimes we're like, okay, over here is family. And then over here is work and like, never the two shall meet. And being in the entrepreneurial spaces I've been for 20 years, like mine have always overlapped and intersected in a lot of ways. But I think when you're like a woman in engineering working for Microsoft, it's like, that's not typically where you're like, I just want to be mission driven. Like that's just a really like compartmentalized kind of career path. And what I think is so unique and special and incredible is that you've turned that into something that's really mission driven and a huge part of your identity that overlays all the stuff that you do and allows you the space to have this mission statement to empower everyone you meet, to help them discover their purpose in terms of their impact in the world and what they want to do in the world. Like that's just, I think a really outstanding and unique and extraordinary way to be living your life as a woman, as a mom, as a professional, like in all those different capacities. Yeah. And it's crazy, right? Because when I think back, right, on the decision that I made to live this, leave the state that I grew up in, right. Uh, In an environment where my mother was raising for children on her own, right? In an environment where resources, quite frankly, were scarce, right? Poverty. And me making that decision to lead and to go after something that was bigger than myself, right? I didn't know that I would take the journey that I did. I didn't know that I would become as actualized as I am right? Mm -hmm. I just leaned forward with my dream and my desire, right? Not only for myself, but the big piece of it for me is I truly feel like where much is given, much is required, right? So as much as I have been able to obtain without coming from much, I have a responsibility to encourage and inspire others along their journey of doing the same thing. Right. And then let's tap into my my mission statement for a second. Yeah. In order for me to empower anyone, I first have to be able to meet a person where they are. So me leading with vulnerability actually allows for me to live out this purpose statement. Right. That I'm aspiring to do, because when I can connect with you in your heart and you and say, hey, my journey, quite frankly, is no different than some, or it may have been worse off, but that doesn't have to stop anything. And that was also the reason why I decided to write my book, Conquering Uncertainty. Don't concede too soon your victory awaits you, right? It's a collection of me sharing my journey of uncertain moments, pulling out the guiding principles that helped me through it, and then giving people a reflection exercise so that they can evaluate where they are in their life. I love that so much. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. I want to walk through this path a little bit because you keep adding these pieces that are so compelling and I'm going to use the word extraordinary again, but I think extraordinary when we look at kind of the phases. So you were this young girl, one of four children growing up in poverty. You are then a student, an engineering student, single mom of twin baby boys, one of whom is in medical crisis. Did you say at six weeks old that he had a stroke? Yes. And I'm imagining as you're working through that, through like this, you know, your young life and then into motherhood, you probably weren't like embracing and running around with a mission statement just quite yet. (laughs) And so can you like talk about like, how did you go and and maybe you can describe your journey into motherhood. And I'm guessing like that the evolution starts somewhere in there. What did that look like in that season? 
of being this mom student and mom with a child with you know significant medical needs? And then how did that evolve from there into being someone who is so conscientious in terms of how you show up and lead? Yeah. Let me take you on the journey and then I'm going to go back and specifically answer your question. But no, I did not always have this mission statement, right? That was my guiding post. Let's just put that here. And then we're going to revisit that in a second. So let me tell you about the journey a little bit. So when I left home, actually how I chose what school I was going to was based on how far away I could get from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And part of that decision, even in my younger age, right, which I look back and I'm like, wow, you really had a little bit more wisdom, right, than I thought, right, even then. But I knew that if I stayed in that environment, that more than likely I would become a product of my environment. And so, you know, I made that bold decision to leave. Uh, At that time, I was dating an individual who I thought was going to be my husband. Like we talked about being married and all of these different things. So the plan was I was going to finish school. He was going to finish the things that he was doing. And then we would get together and, you know, build this happy family. And what happened was my about sophomore year of in engineering school, I find out that he was marrying someone else. And Yeah. Shattered my heart into a million pieces, to say the least. And quite frankly, after that moment, I lost a piece of myself. And even the decisions and everything that I made after that point was a blur, to be honest. And in that season of a blur, my twin boys were conceived. And quite frankly, uh, they are the best part of me. They are the best thing that has come out of my journey to date. And yes, I have achieved some things, you know, in my career and all of those things, but nothing compares, right, to the joy, the satisfaction, the gratitude that I get out of having these babies, right? Mm -hmm. In a time in my life where I had no clue how it was going to come to fruition, right? How were my dreams still going to be fulfilled? And so that kind of sets the stage, right? Kind of where I was in the head space. So no, I wasn't thinking about, you know, a mission or anything like that. At that moment, I was trying to reconcile between my reality and how do I push forward? Because I have a responsibility to give my children something that I didn't have. Okay. Were you in survival mode? Like I would have been in survival mode. (laughs) Like it's just like getting through this day or getting like, you know, yeah, totally. Right. Even when I think back on those moments, let's let's unpack a little bit. And uh, once you all read my book, Conquering Uncertainty, the first chapter is titled Devastation. I thought that I was going to lose my mind. And so I talk about the heart wrenching journey of my son experiencing um, such, you know, a health dilemma at the age of six weeks. It was literally six weeks to the day that it was actually there. It would have been the birthday actually. Cause I had twins come early. They come early. Yeah. And so due date. Yes. He actually ended up experiencing it then. And when I think about the turmoil that I went through with some of the things that I experienced from the healthcare system, some of the things that, you know, I experienced from an emotional standpoint, right. And so in those hardest moments, all I could think about is 
I have these two babies who are depending on me. So I don't have any choice but to keep moving forward because if I concede, I'm conceding for them as well, right? right? And so after that point, right, it began to make me look at life very, very different, right? And how fragile um, life can be and how to lean into the moments and truly capture them, right? And hone in and own them. So I went through several, right, different moments of uncertainty along this journey between me leaving Wisconsin to, you know, me currently being here and working for Microsoft. So to be honest with you, my mission slash purpose statement didn't get crystal clear until I took a moment to reflect on the journey today. And what I found is there was a thread between my life and the things that I had done, even in those uncertain moments. And so after that intentional reflection, which quite frankly, a lot of it transpired during me writing this book, where to be honest with you, there were so many tears that I cried because it required me to go back and face some very hard things that some may say I should have been ashamed of, right? But for me, I'm like, if I own my story and my narrative, I take the power from someone else doing that. And as a result, I don't have to be ashamed of anything because we are all on a different journey and there is no person in this world who's perfect. And so going through that reflection, it allowed me to hone in. And like I said, the clearer I got about what is Tamika's purpose, how do I want to show up in the world? It has truly begun to pull me forward. I love that so much. And I so agree with the power of rewriting the narratives of our stories and also writing the endings. I think that especially if you have lived in a lot of uncertainty or lived in a lot in survival mode, I think that oftentimes there's parts of life. And I've been in the situation where there's like no closure and you're making a conscious decision. Like I'm moving on from this one thing to another, but I don't have closure on the past thing. There's usually other parties involved that I can't control that have not given me their blessing or their approval who might actively be choosing to be horrible (laughs) to me or to people I love, but I'm making a choice to move on. And I think not to like tie things up in a bow to make them pretty and perfect when they're not, but to be decisive around, this is the way I am writing. I'm like, first of all, calling that there's an end to the story and then like writing the ending in a way that is going to serve me so that I can go out and do what I need to do in the world, whether in that, you know, whether that's being a single mom to twins or whether that's going and showing up and being, you know, a leader in the workplace, being a black female leader in engineering, like those things that really, really matter that are really significant, I think are, it's so important that you do write those narratives in a way that gives you power so that you can go do the really great things. Agreed. Right. And that's one of the things that I suggest everyone do despite whatever your journey is. Because if I can tell you the number of times that someone tried to minimize me based on my story, based on, you know, me coming from poverty or me having the twins out of wedlock or, you know, me navigate. I mean, just so many things, so many negative things that I could have come into agreement with. And so what I've learned is 
I don't come into agreement with anything that does not propel me towards my future. And so one of the things that you will see in my book is my ability to walk through these very, very tough things, but to take a positive perspective out of it. Because one thing that we all can be truly certain of is that we're going to have moments of uncertainty. And so it matters what we do with that, right? All we can do is what we have our, in our control. And what's in our control? Our attitude that we take when we are dealing with certain things or when people are talking down to us or any of those things, any negative thing, right? And then how we respond, right? Do I meet people at their low level because um, they can only project off to me their limitations? Or do I dismiss what they say, rewrite the narrative, and affirm myself to a place of where it is I desire to go? And I think that that's one of the most important things that a mother has to do, period, because we are setting the example for our children. And we're chronically underestimated. That part too. (laughs) So like, like, and so people are going to be like, oh, but like, she can't, like she's a mom or she like make all sorts of assumptions. And so, yeah, like that we can decide like, oh, I always say like, hashtag watch me. Like, please go ahead. Underestimate me. I'm curious. Do you know, are you familiar with Arlen Hamilton? I am not. No. So she's in the tech VC space. And she has a book called it's about damn time. And she does venture capital funding for often black owned businesses, but a lot of female owned businesses and all sorts of stuff. But she was living in the San Francisco airport, like did not have a home outside of sleeping in the airport for a number of months. This was not that long ago, like seven or so years ago. And she ended up starting this company to fund women-owned and black-owned companies. And now she's like ridiculously successful, but she talks about the power of being underestimated and how that can like really, really fuel you. And her book is phenomenal. Highly recommend it. I think you'd find it very inspirational, but what I love about her message is that she is that you can take this notion, like you can sit in your story of being underestimated. And I think any woman can do that. Any person of color can do that. Any one of many of the circumstances that you've mentioned can do that. Or you can take that's like, they're underestimating me. Like, let me show them. Like they have chosen the wrong person. And I'm curious for you, how, what that looks like or feels like, or sounds like in your head as you go through situations or have walked through a number of situations that you've shared where you know you're being underestimated and you're choosing to show up in a really strong, powerful way, maybe because of that, like it's fueling you. Absolutely. The word no fuels me uh, as well as when people (laughs) doubt me, to be honest with you. I I love it. (laughs) And I use it as energy to move forward because I'm like, oh, you're not going to place any boxes around me. That's not how I navigate. Right. And so I actually look at it as a challenge at that point and say, all right, if you don't believe it, I'll just show you. Like I said, if I can count the number of times and got a penny each time someone doubted me and my ability to conquer the things that I have, I would be a millionaire right now on that alone. Right. So I've learned to take that energy that people, you know, if it's of negativity and take it and say, oh, all right. Okay. You just gave me some more motivation. 
to go and work that much harder, right? That's why even this audacious goal that I have to be a CEO for a Fortune 100 company, right? Where many doubt, I've literally had people, some, right, that were close to me who said, are you sure that you want to do that, right? There's a lot that you have to deal with. And I know that you want to have more children and all of these other things. And I'm like, and yes, I can still do the same with all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. If I can do it today and get through the big part engineering school, right, that quite frankly took me a lot longer than the average, right, to make it to this point of going back, getting my MBA, getting these twins to a position where they're almost off to college. Nobody can tell me what I cannot do. Right. So I don't I use it as energy and I don't let anybody dictate my narrative. And let's talk a little bit about this why. You know, I want to be a CEO of a Fortune 100 company. That was my next question. I was just going to say, (laughs) you threw it out there. And I was like, you know, you can't just throw that out there. Like, we got to talk about it. That is such a huge, huge aspiration. I'm totally in awe because that sounds incredibly terrifying and hard to me. And so, yes, please talk about it. (laughs) Yes. So I have to start with, right, me obtaining that level of leadership has nothing to do with the money and quite frankly, has nothing to do with the power. For me, what it symbolizes is me going after an audacious goal, right? Given where I came from, where I had nobody, right? That even thought about being a CEO. And along this journey of challenges that I have gone on, if I can make it to that spot and show that it's possible for you to obtain your dreams, despite how far-fetched they may seem. And I inspire one to go after their dream. I have done it enough, right? We know the power of exposure. We know the power of people being, right, in roles where young, Black, Hispanic, right, minority, women, right, can look and say, oh, I can actually see myself there. There's power. So for me, it's about making space for others to dream and show them that, yes, you can still do it. And no, my life was not cookie cutter. No, everything wasn't handed to me. And yes, I went through some real dark moments, but I made it. Mm. I love everything that you just said. I think it is so powerful. I also want to honor your position around if like doing this with the purpose of creating space for other people to dream. I think that when we think about people leading in, in really high level roles, really, and really public facing roles and high profile roles, because so many of them are egotistical white men, (laughs) it's easy to think that this is like an ego thing. Like I want to be there because I want to be in this position of either power or publicity. And for you to identify, I want to do this so that to make space for others to see what is possible and to also like to normalize this, like to normalize that these are the people who sit in these seats. And it's like what we know is normal for those seats right now is not typically a black first generation engineering student, single mom of, you know, and so I, I think that's incredibly powerful. Also a very big task. (laughs) So so thank you. (laughs) But I think it's a really uh, beautiful mission to do that because it's an invitation to others. So the last chapter of my book is titled, Let Love Be Your Superpower. 
And I am truly a lover of humanity, seriously. Like, I just want nothing but the best for everybody. I want people to see their value. I want people to know that, you know, what they have to say matters to the world. And so for me, I'm living that. And I encourage others to do the same, right? If we let love be our superpower, it has the ability to change the world. And so me obtaining this CEO position, right? I still plan on leaning in and doing the same thing. I want to let my heart lead me, especially when we just reflect on the times that we were living in, right? Ever since COVID, right? And people have lost so much. All people need right now is truly love. And I feel like we have a responsibility to do that. Now, where did I learn how to love in such an unconditional way? It happened through me birthing these children, right? And although they did not come at the ideal time in my life, (laughs) right? It was perfect timing because it showed me, one, what unconditional love looks and feels like. And then it empowered me to then go out and give that to the world. I want to talk a little bit about first generation of many things. So you talk about being the first generation of many things. And I think that and using myself as an example, my mom was a teacher for 42 years. My dad had the same job for 25 or so years before he retired into some consulting, but like both of my parents picked something that they were like, this is the thing I will do until I turn 65. And so when I went to college, I was thinking like, okay, well, what do I want to do for 40 years? I guess I'll be a teacher. A lot of people in my family are teachers and a men to teachers, like they save the world every single day. And I would have been a disaster of a teacher and because it just would have been like way too confining for as well. It would have been too confining for what I want to do. Also, I would have gotten myself in trouble all the time with my own, bringing my own like agenda into the classroom every day. But I think that when we are looking at decisions we want to make in terms of who we want to become, it can be easy or simple to look at what we've seen, what's been modeled to us within our family, extended family, and just within the culture of our own towns or cities even. And can you talk about being the first generation of many things and looking at, okay, here's where I come from and here's what I've seen around me and here's what others have done. And I'm going to go break like every single mold and do it differently. Yeah. It's hard, right? It took a lot of courage to say, hmm, I'm going to do something different with my life, despite whatever is thrown at me, right? And quite frankly, I know that along this journey, I've had family members that they say, um, you think you're better than someone else. And I'm like, no, that's not the case at all. Uh, I just want it better for myself. And so it required me to really be relentless about my pursuit, to extend forgiveness to myself and others, even if they didn't give an apology, to recognize that I am worth having more, which I think that is one of the biggest pieces that's important for people to anchor to when you're going after any dream because you're gonna have opposition that comes against it, but you need to know that you are enough and that you're worth it and that you can obtain it, right? So the journey wasn't all peaches and cream, but it was worth it all. Because in order to be a trailblazer, right? It means that 
you may have to take on some things so that others don't have to experience it, right? And like I told you, I know that my purpose is bigger than myself. So even in those moments, right, where I paused or others questioned, I realized, "Mm, nope, Tamika, this is bigger than you, right? You're given an opportunity to rewrite the future for your family so that your children don't have the same narrative that you have that they can truly be, your shoulders can be their floor, right? And they can mm, go high. Yeah. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. I want to touch on something you said around other people having passing judgment or thinking that other people thinking that you think you're better than them. Your success made other people uncomfortable. And I've been in that scenario in that situation. I also think that people make, when people who don't understand kind of what you're doing and they, it's just unfamiliar to them. They make a lot of judgments around like that you're being really fancy when you're not. (laughs) And, um, and this has happened where like, you know, family members just, they don't understand what's being, what kind of someone's chosen path. And then a lot of assumptions are made. And then they think you're like showing off or what it just, and especially if you're doing this in a public facing way where you're like, you know, you're showing up on LinkedIn and you're talking about how you're leading, or you're showing up on Facebook or Instagram, and you're you're like standing up on a stage, people are going to think things and people will be uncomfortable with your success. And I'm curious how you've dealt with that, how you've moved on in spite of that. One of my mentors once told me back in the day, and I really didn't get the revelation behind it until a couple of years ago. But what they said is, they said, it's lonely at the top, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to learn how to still extend love and kindness to people, but not let that hinder you from moving forward in your purpose, right? And so I have to do that. So one, my close circle is extremely small. That's the first thing. The second thing is I am mindful of um, what's being spoken to me, right? So I'm not going to take anything in that's contrary to positivity or moving forward with the future, right? So I've learned when I hear it or I sense it and I'm in the room with someone, I kind of politely, you know, place them, 
you know, in an area where their energy does not impact the direction that I'm heading into, right? And I'll still do it in a kind way, but I'm not willing to let someone else's limitations hinder me from going after what it is I desire. I'm just not willing to do that. I totally agree. And I talk a lot about concentric circles of influence. And like when we put ourselves in the middle and we think about like what we're doing in terms of how we want to show up, what our mission is, what we stand for, our core values. And then we look at the first ring outside of that center that is us. And I always say like, that's your circle of influence and that's who gets to be invited in to be the closest to you. And that is just a handful of people. Sometimes it's the people we live with. Sometimes it's like lifelong friends. Sometimes it's immediate family. Sometimes it can be coworkers. And then we have these rings that just keep going out and out and out in terms of like the people that are in varying layers around us. And sometimes we don't recognize that we've given people space in that very inner circle because they happen to have been there for a long time because maybe they are immediate family. Maybe they do live in our household, but they're not the most best influence on us. Or we're just kind of creatures of habit. We're not paying attention to like, hmm, maybe this person doesn't deserve a seat at the table. And so I want to invite everyone listening. And you've just exemplified this in such a great way in terms of how you've talked through it, but that you get to choose who's in that inner circle, who gets to come sit at the table. And sometimes people get uninvited and sometimes they get like put in another room. And that doesn't mean that it has to be done in an aggressive way or a rude way, or that it has to like end or damage a relationship, but it is being conscientious of the fact that if you let the wrong people in your ear or in your space, it then impacts how you show up, how you lead, how you have impact and really how you get to like live out the mission that you want to live out. And so And that's something I think that needs to be kind of reanalyzed on a regular basis. Like, you know, the beginning of 2023, like great time to stop thinking about like who's in your inner, who's allowed in, who are you inviting into that inner circle this year? And let's double click there for a minute. So in the book, there's a chapter that's titled imposter syndrome. You have no room in my life. Okay. Mm -hmm. And let me unpack one of the roots that was connected for me when it came to imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. It was people pleasing. Okay, so I've had to learn how to break free from that, right, to truly show up and become the best version of myself, right? Because when you remove that piece, that sense of having to please and make everybody happy, it truly gives you freedom to live in who you are, right, unapologetically. Absolutely. As we're nearing the end of our time together, oh my gosh, Tamika, this has been so fantastic. Can you tell people who your book is for? So who needs to go out and get Conquering Uncertainty, Don't Concede Too Soon, Your Victory Awaits You? Oh my goodness. This book is for everyone. I have literally had women and men read this book, right? The message of this book is about knowing that you can conquer your moments of uncertainty despite how hard or you know challenging they may be. So for me, if you're looking for some inspiration or encouragement, right? This is the perfect book to do so. And when we think about the time, like I said, we're living in since COVID where we were thrust into uncertainty, everybody, right? I think it's important that we all equip ourselves and remind ourselves that we're capable of conquering in the moments, despite how, you know, devastating they may seem. So absolutely everyone. I love it. I love it. So I want people to go get the book. Can you tell people where they can connect with you, where they can find you, where they can find the book 
um, social media links, any of, any of those good things. And then we'll get to our last question. Absolutely. So I definitely need to take it up a notch with my social media game. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Okay. We won't judge. We won't judge. <laughs> like, I mean, you're doing a few other important things. I'm not going to judge you on your TikTok. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So where um, you can find me, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active from a social media perspective. And then you can also find me at my website. It's www.tamikamcnair.com. That is also the place where you can find the link to my book as well. And then in the future, I plan on building out and being a little bit more active on Instagram and TikTok and some of the other forms. Awesome. So we will link everything up in the show notes, including the link to your website for people to connect with you, a link to get the book, social media, all the good stuff. So people go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Tamika McNair, and then people can just click right through to those resources. Please now tell people how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom. Oh my goodness. I do it every day. Right. And to be honest, me owning my story and sharing my life with the world has been the biggest way for me to do that. I think also me being honest and vulnerable with my children along this journey, right? And giving them space to go on the journey with me. I think that that's important as a mother. And when I think about, you know, ever since the twins have been old enough for me to have a conversation about the, the decisions that I wanted to make, whether it was moving to a new place or a new job, right? Inviting them in and giving them space so that they know they're a part of it is important, right? And that's being a shameless mom. It's like, hey, I may not be, you know, the perfect mom, right? But I want you all to know that I'm being the best mom that I can be. And so that is how I'm doing it. I'm doing it every day, whether I'm at work, whether I am, you know, in the community or at home. I love it. And your boys are 17. Are they juniors in high school? They'll be 17 in October. So we are finishing okay. up sophomore okay. year. Okay. Uh, okay. Fun time. So we're getting ready to go into junior, yeah. junior year. Amazing. And so the boys play uh, football. So that consumes a lot of our lives. And so if they keep me on my toes. Mm-hmm, I bet. I want to honor what you have done to get 16 year old boys to the middle of their sophomore year in high school (laughs) while growing this incredible career that is not just like a compartmentalized show up into your nine to five and check out, but like really extends over into all the ways that you show up and serve in the world and capacities that are much larger and um, more impactful than just the role that you hold in your work with Microsoft. I want to also honor that you the way that you have mothered and made this decision to show up in leadership and mothering two boys is so significant in so many ways. And as you get closer to, I was going to say, as you get closer to the end of it, not like you're going to be done mothering, but as you get closer to like being done in quotes, in a lot of ways, I just hope that you give yourself like all the accolades for, for getting to this point, because holy cow, what a large load to carry, but also you got to like, you get to carry all the magic too. And so I hope that you can feel both parts of that as you get closer to the end of this season of mothering. 
Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for everything that you're doing in the world. And thank you for your really conscientious effort to show up in such a mission-driven way. I can't wait for you to come back anytime you want to come back, but I really can't wait for you to come back as the CEO of a Fortune 100 company. Oh, that's a <laughs> If prom- you can fit us on your schedule. <laughs> that's a promise. And I don't make promises that I don't keep. That's I a love it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Tamika. I'm so grateful for you and for all the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you for allowing space for me to share. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.